name is Chris McDaniel, and welcome to Trinity's Daily Podcast. We're going to read a passage of scripture from the Bible and then pray and spend just a few minutes here at the beginning of our day on this Monday morning thinking about what God's Word has to say to us, what treasure He could give us to walk through our day. So let's read and then we'll pray. Our passage this morning comes from Mark 11. I'll begin reading in verse 12. Mark 11, 12. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat from you again. And his disciples heard it. Then they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling and those who were buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He was teaching and saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers? And when the chief priests and the scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill him, for they were afraid of him, because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. And when evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed is withered. And Jesus answered him, Truly have faith in God. Truly I tell you that if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe in what you say will be coming to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray here at the very beginning of this day, at the very beginning of Holy Week, that you would give us the grace that we need to look toward the cross. And God, I pray that we would see this passage today, which is actually one of the most enigmatic passages in the whole of the New Testament. Lord, help us to see what we can, to grab what we can, to hold fast to what we can as we seek to bear fruit in our lives with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So like I alluded to in our prayer, this is a tricky passage of of the Bible, and we're just going to walk through it and try to see what we can see. The first words in the passage in in verse 12 say, on the following day, and we're meant to read context there. The following day is the day after Palm Sunday. And so just yesterday, our church gathered digitally, and churches all over the world did the same, and we read about Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. What a beautiful experience that must have been as Jesus and his friends uh, strode across the Kidron Valley toward Jerusalem. First and only time Jesus is ever said to have ridden on an animal, hearkening back to some Old Testament scripture that said Jesus is like the king who rides into the city after a great battle victory. Jesus was hailed as a king on the Sunday. And then everything we read today happens the very day after. He doesn't bask in the glory of yesterday. He doesn't try to secure his kingship in the way that a person, a human, would do it, a a normal person like you or me. No, Jesus is actually resolute in his journey toward the cross. And so over the next number of days, we are going to follow Jesus day by day as he and his friends move closer and closer to the cross, which inevitably, inevitably puts them closer and closer to resurrection morning. 
So the fig tree and the temple, these two are meant to be taken together. Um, Y'all, it's really important for us to understand Jesus is not just angry about a lack of dinner and sort of selfishly throws a tantrum and curses a tree. Uh, The fig tree throughout the Old Testament oftentimes symbolizes the Israelite nation, symbolizes uh, the, the Levitic priesthood, the way that the Jews did all of their business in terms of the worship of God, the system that included the temple and everything else. And so this passage, the fig tree being cursed, and Jesus entering the temple immediately after, these two are meant to be taken together. They cannot be understood apart from one another. And so Jesus' cursing of the tree really doesn't have anything to do with him being frustrated at an actual tree. That tree represented all that the temple had come to embody, something that was meant to bear and carry massive fruit, but it no longer and was no longer serving its purpose. And so Jesus looks at the tree and he speaks a curse over it. He essentially says, you are meant to be bearing fruit and you're not. And we look at that weird throwaway line there in Mark's gospel where it says it wasn't even the season for it. And our minds maybe go immediately to passages in the book of Psalms or the end of our Bible where trees in God's kingdom that are attached to the nourishing life of God's provision are meant to be trees that bear fruit in season and out all the time. And so Jesus was really speaking less about a physical tree in this moment, and that tree just represented what was going on in the temple. So he goes into the temple immediately after, and he finds a lot of clutter there. He finds people buying and selling. Uh, The temple we're meant to see in this place had become the kind of nerve center for all of Israel, and it was a crowded and very busy place. And so we ask ourselves a question maybe, what were people buying and selling? You know, religious trinkets? What was it? See, people needed animals for sacrifice, and some of them that didn't have animals at home would come to the temple and buy those animals there. Others uh, had been more conscientious. They had raised an animal, taken good care of it, and yet when they got to the temple, oftentimes were told that their animal was not pure enough. It did not meet temple standards. And then these money changers, these hawkers of doves and other animals, would sell them a temple-certified animal. People were getting ripped off. There was a sense of major corruption in the temple where sacrifices were viewed as something that the church or the temple controlled. And Jesus comes in and he sees this unjust system. He sees this busy place, this cluttered, trafficked place. And he does something about it. And so what we see in this passage is Jesus turning over tables, uh, making space, clearing out clutter, and reminding the temple itself that it was made to be a house of prayer. And as I heard those words this morning, as I was thinking about this passage, I thought, where have I got away from my original God-intended purpose? Where is there clutter in my life? Where am I like the temple? And I think this is a good question for all of us to be asking as we enter into the meat of Holy Week. Uh, Like the fig tree, like the temple, I have a purpose, and that purpose is to bear fruit and to facilitate the growing of fruit in others. And yet, where am I not living into that purpose? Trees in God's system, like I said, trees that grow in His garden, trees like your life and my life and the church as she's meant to be are meant to be the kinds of entities that bear fruit all the time, in season, out of season. I am meant to bear fruit, but it's passages like this and times like this that ask or invite me to ask the question, I am meant to bear fruit. You are meant to bear fruit, but is the garden 
of our life too crowded? Is there too much competition for my attention, my affection? And where are there places where the Lord wants to reduce some clutter, clean out some of the competition in the ground so that I would root and fruit as he intends me to be? I think this week is a great opportunity for you and me for us to look at the clutter of our lives and ask God to help us clean house a little bit. I'm imagining Jesus walking through the corridors of my life and trying to make space. And in some way, this season of relative isolation, um, relative slowing down is meant to be an opportunity, I think, for us to make some extra space in our lives, to look at the edges, the margins, to look at our need for quiet, to go outside, to spend time with God, to spend time with people in our lives. And that necessarily requires that we be willing to let go of some of the places where we become cluttered, busy. The passage ends in such a weird way, though. The disciples the next day see the tree and it's like rotted to the, to the roots. And they said, look, Jesus, like what you said actually worked. And it's interesting that uh, Jesus just launches into a, a small discourse about faith. He doesn't even need to connect the dots on how that fig tree was really connected to the temple because the disciples knew that. Now, you and I need to hear that, that what Jesus was saying in the macro was that an old system meant to nourish you is no longer nourishing you, and I'm about to do something brand new. The disciples already knew that. I think as we walk through Holy Week, we're going to see that with increasing clarity. So what he says to them in the moment is, essentially, guys, you already know that this this tree represented a system that's going to change, that's got to fall to the ground and wither so that something new and life-giving can come out of it. But I'm just going to tell you now, fellas, God can do supernatural things. And I would say to you, men and women, God can do supernatural things. And maybe the most supernatural thing that God wants to do for us right now is to get us back to our intended purpose. Maybe like that fig tree or like that temple, you are drifting and have drifted away from some fundamental purpose, namely that you would bear good fruit with your life, that you would be a house of prayer, that you would be a person given to the worship of God. So maybe the most supernatural thing Jesus can do is begin to dry up some of the old life so that some of the new life could emerge. And that's my prayer for myself, and that's my prayer for you this week. As we walk through the days leading us up to Good Friday and Holy Saturday and Resurrection Sunday, I pray that God would show you that out of the death of your old life, that new life can and will inevitably emerge. Father, thank you for this day. Keep us close to you, Lord. Help us to see things in your word and in our world that would draw us closer and closer to Easter. God bless you all. We'll see you when we see you. Amen.